2: Hi guys, and welcome back to another new episode of Couch Talks on uni Therapy. My name is Kat, and Couch Talks is the special bonus episode of uni Therapy that comes out every single week where I answer questions that you guys send in to me via katherine at unitherapypodcast.com. So if you have a question, you maybe want me to answer it, you can send it there, and maybe one day I will. Now before we get started, of course, quick reminder, this is not therapy. Although I am a therapist answering questions, we aren't actually doing therapy. Uh, Most of us understand that by now, but just have to remind everybody for all the new listeners that might be there or here. So usually I do one question, right? Well, this week I had two questions that were kind of similar. And this is something that I actually don't know in depth how much we've talked about this. I think I did in the beginning, but also the podcast is about to be two years old. In one week, it is going to be two years old. And that is so wild to me. So maybe I talked about this two years ago, but I think it's time to talk about it again because two years is a long time. I cannot believe that. I just can't. I'm sitting here being like, wow, two years ago, well over two years ago, sitting with my friend, Kellen trying to figure out how to use the internet. (laughs) So I could even make this thing. Oh, man, memories. So thanks, guys, for whether you're new or you've been here from the beginning. Thanks for being here. Because the reason I'm still doing this after two years is because somebody found some value in it. So two questions. These are two separate emails, but one kind of comes off of the other one. So I thought we'd talk about both of them. And the first email is right here. So let me read it and then we'll talk about that. And then I'll bring in the other one. Cool. All right. Hi, Kat. I've been listening to your podcast for a few months and really enjoy it. I just listened to your new episode about 15 things you've learned about being a therapist. And one of them, well, a lot of them, but I'm emailing you about one. One of them really stood out to me. And that was the one that said, we're not too old to do something new. I wanted to see if you could give me any advice or tips on how to become a therapist myself. I've been thinking about this for a while now as therapy has helped me move through some of the toughest times of my life. Now I'm almost 40 and have a bachelor's degree already that I can't really use every day. It's a BA in art history the thought of going back to school seems daunting. Specifically, I'd be interested in being a licensed marriage and family counselor. Do you have any advice on where I should start, such as what programs to look at or schools that have a good reputation for this kind of degree? Thank you. So I just love this question because I love when people want to become therapists after they go to therapy. I just think that's so freaking cool. I have a couple and I've had had a number of clients who've actually done that themselves. And it's just like the coolest thing because going to therapy is necessary to be a therapist. So you got that out of the way. But I just think it's so cool to watch somebody be so like immersed in their process and fall in love with themselves and and the growth they've created and want to like pay that forward in a career. So I just think it's cool. I love it so much. So we're going to talk about it. And the truth is, I was not lying when I said that. If if you are confused on what she's talking about, Monday's episode, I did a little like recap of 15 of the things that I have learned from being a therapist the past however many years I've been a therapist. And one of them was, it's never too late and you're never too old to start something. And yeah, I wasn't lying about that because if you want to do something, and you're still breathing, you still have time to at least start doing it. And specifically, when it comes to careers, and starting a new career, I know it's not like, it's not as easy as like, oh, if you want something new, just go do it. If you want to change careers, just go do it. I know it's not that easy. And actually, I talked about this with Jonathan Fields on an episode around work life blend, because he switched careers. And he talks about how like, some people are just like, just take the leap, But there's also other things that go into that. Um, And maybe you don't have the resources or the ability to just like quit your job and start a new one. And so I totally get that too. And I know that when you are, older, maybe you have kids, or maybe you don't, or maybe you have somebody or something that you have to support, or, you know, there's could be a million factors. But it is different going back to school later than going to school when I did, because I went to grad school right after undergrad, I just went boom, boom, got some student loans and continued that journey. But In my cohort, so I had a cohort of my class and there was 30 of us, I think, and then we were split kind of in half where half of them did a school counseling track and half of us did clinical mental health. And there were people like of all ages, the majority were in our 20s, but there are people that were in their 30s, there are people in their 40s, there are people in their 50s. And they were like single parents. There were people with kids in in a family. There there were people who were married with no kids. There are single people. There are people with. I mean, there's every single kind of person. So I just think that's very cool. And I think that that's one thing that stops us a lot of times. It's like, oh no, I can't go back. It'll just be a, a bunch of like twenty two year olds, and I'm I'm too old, and I'm too whatever, and I'll never catch up. And to be honest, I think the people that were older might have had, this is a judgment, this is totally a judgment and an assumption I'm making, but they might have had an easier time gaining some footing with clients because me, I looked very young and I looked very new and I was, I didn't have a lot of life experience at that time. Clients saw those people as like more legit, you know, they didn't like assume they were an intern. There's nothing wrong with being an intern. We all have to do it. But, uh, You don't know as much as an intern. So I always was like, man, I I wish I looked like I was 45 (laughs) in my internship, but I looked like I was probably 17. Um, I was 22, 23. Anyway, so I just wanted to say that, that like going back to school and I know my experience, there's people of all ages, especially because I do think when it comes to counseling um, and therapy, people tend to go after they've had some life experience um, that has brought them into their own therapeutic process. Now, the other cool thing about going to school for therapy is there's not like the same kind of prereqs that there might be if you go to law school or if you go to med school. They were people with like math degrees, mathematics and science and all different kinds of stuff. You didn't have to like have a psychology degree and like sure I think that could help you I think having some of that experience might help you in the beginning understand some things you've already got a basic knowledge of some of the stuff you'll learn but you learn everything you need to learn in grad school they teach that to you from from the ground up and I had a child and family studies degree and I think I would have been okay not having that so I think that's a really cool thing that you don't have to like go get another undergrad to go back to grad school you can just probably just go with what you have Also. I just have to say this because I just feel like I need to, but grad school, like going to the grad school for therapy is not like therapy camp. <laughs> and, um, most programs will actually make you go to therapy. You're going to learn a lot about yourself. You're going to have a lot of like personal growth throughout the program, but you don't go to grad school to work on yourself. You go to grad school to like, you know, get the degree and learn things to be a therapist and you will learn and work on yourself along the way. But if there's some like deep rooted trauma you need healed, you might want to do that first because school doesn't do that for you. It might actually trigger it. And with that, I know my where I went to school, you also had to get like the like co-signing of your 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 professors and your advisors to get the degree that you you are attempting to get. So I might pass all the tests and pass all my classes, but they also have to co-sign on giving us giving me this degree because they're saying like you're fit to be a therapist. So it's not just about how much you know, it's about how like mentally sound and psychologically sound you are and how fit you are to be a, a healer and a helper in that area because we have a really serious job. It's not just fun and it's not something to be taken lightly. Like people's mental health is in our hands every single day. And so if you are not, then I do know there were some people in my class, even that instead of getting a human development counseling degree, they got a human development degree and you can't be a therapist with a human development degree. So I I will just say that if you you do want to go to school, then like I would make sure that you're in a good place to go to school because you would hate to get through that and then not get the degree you want. Hey guys, Kat here. And I have something very important to talk to you guys about. Now, I know you're used to hearing me talk about therapy and how important it can be for you and how transformative it can be for you in your life. But if you're somebody who's tried therapy and it just hasn't done the trick, or you just need a little extra boost. I think I've found the next best thing. And the next best thing might just be cozy earth and their bamboo sheets and their bamboo pajamas. It feels like you're stepping into a next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code, need at checkout to get 35% off. Yes, 35% off. And let them know that we sent you, you need therapy, after you check out.
0: I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step.
2: And then another thing that I, I want to pull in is, especially because this is like a, a big deal, like going back to school is a big deal. Like I don't want to take it like lightly, like it, you will have to make sacrifices and stuff like that. And so I think something we can ask ourselves as a question that I ask people all the time is what do you want? Okay. I want to go back to school and be a therapist. Okay. Is there anything you want more? And if the answer is yes, then the next question is, can I have both? can have both of those things. And that might lead you to making a decision around if you go back or not. It's going to take time away from what your life looks like now. And becoming a therapist isn't always fun. I cried a lot, (laughs) a lot in the beginning. And it is a lot of work and you have to learn a lot of new things. And some of them didn't make sense for a really long time. And now like 10 years later, they're clicking, but it's a lot of work and it's, getting a lot of constructive feedback it's putting yourself in really vulnerable spots and you also have to have the abilities to separate you and your feelings from your job at times and that can feel impossible and when I say that you can still show up as very human and separate your own experiences and your own things going on in your life in that moment from what's in front of you with your clients you can do that and still show up as human and you you have to be able to do that so being a therapist has this like extra like I don't know like thing other than like just going back to school I don't know why math keeps coming up in my head if you go back to school to become a mathematician I don't know you aren't pulling in the emotional side of your life into that and so therapy has a little bit of an extra something in there And going back to school and doing a lot of this stuff is, I mean, the person who wrote this question has done a lot of their own work. So I I, I think that they might be okay with this, but it's going to challenge a lot of the things that you've believed your whole life. And I do not have the same beliefs I had when I went into school and started as a therapist as I have now. I mean, completely have shifted the way I see the world. And in that, it shifts your relationships, it shifts how you interact in the world. And it's not just a new career, it's kind of like a new way of living life. Now, here's the like more fun part. So the person who asked this question didn't ask for all that. They asked for like recommendations on schools and programs, and I think maybe we talk about that. So there are a couple of main ways you can get licensed and become a therapist. You can be an LPC, which is called a couple different things depending on what state you're in. I'm an LPC MHSP, which is a licensed professional counselor, mental health service provider. You can also be an LMFT, a licensed marriage and family therapist. You can also be an LCSW, which is a licensed clinical social worker. Now, within That outside of getting those uh, licenses, you can get special certifications in things like um, somatic experiencing, EMDR, sex addiction, eating disorders, art therapy, neurofeedback, but all that comes a little later. So those are just like the main license to practice as a mental health provider. Now, based on the program you pick, which would give you a specific license, your education's gonna be tailored a little bit differently. So my program was human development counseling. So we focused a lot on literally human development and it was more individual-based, where a marriage and family therapy program is going to focus more on like systems work and give you more education on relationships and relational dynamics and the types of therapeutic approaches are gonna be focused differently than I might experience because I'm working with just an individual and they're seeing something as the whole family system. And then the social work gives you a whole different, I mean, they're doing a lot more education around like macro systems and and all of that. So it's really like what am I most interested in and learning you can essentially do the same thing with all of them to an extent when it comes to learning about stuff like addiction and eating disorders more of that is going to come from your experience in field work so your internship or your first job or two or getting extra trainings you may take a class on that like i took an addictions class but I don't know how much I actually learned in there. Um, That just is like the tip of the iceberg. And so if you want to have a specialty, you're most likely gonna do training in that specialty and get special certifications outside of getting your license and going to grad school. Now, a lot of people think that they need to know exactly what kind of therapist they wanna be from the beginning, but it's also okay if you don't know. I went in with an idea of what I wanted to do and it shifted and changed it a little bit. And then I did that thing, And now I do that and other things. Um, So you don't have to know. It's okay to be open-minded and just be like, I just know I want to help people. Because your experience of of actually doing therapy is going to give you information about like what I like, what I don't like, what I'm interested in, what I want to learn more about, what kind of population do I want to work with. You're going to learn that. And you don't have to figure that out in the beginning to an extent, I want to say you don't ever have to figure that out because you can always change, but that's not completely true. Now, after you figure out what kind of license you want, then you can look at the schools that offer that kind of program. And then my real tip for you is make sure the programs you're looking at are accredited. So, there are different accreditations for each program. Ours was called KCREP. And if you were not KCREP accredited, if your program wasn't, you had to do a, a bunch of extra stuff to get your license. And in some cases, you might not be able to get your license because your program didn't give you the types of things that you have to have, like what classes and how many hours of internship and how many hours of classes and all of that. So just make sure your your program is accredited. I cannot speak to different programs that are better or worse than others because I only went to my program. I've heard about other programs. I would highly suggest an in-person program. I don't really understand how somebody learns to be a therapist in a virtual classroom the whole time, but you know, times are hard and that's what some people have to do. But if it is possible, I would get some in-person education too, although it doesn't mean it, it would be bad. That would just be my personal preference. I went to Vanderbilt here um, and did their human development counseling program. I had a very good experience. Not everybody had a very good experience. I also think it's valuable to look at financial aid and what programs offer things like assistantships. I had an assistantship at my program, so part of it was paid for. And there was a program that I got into that had grants for all their students and their students didn't have to pay anything. Because uh, grad school can be very expensive. So if that's something, I would look into that. And if there are assistant trips, how you can secure one of those and how many students can and all that. Now, once you find Some schools that you like, I would then suggest reaching out to like current or past students and maybe seeing if you can meet with one of the um, professors that work there just to get some information and just to talk to them and one, let them, the school know you're interested. That would definitely look good. But also asking the students what their experience is. I also fully believe that one of the most important parts of your graduate experience is your internship. So you're going to learn a lot in the classroom, but you're going to learn how to be a therapist by doing it so making sure that there are programs and places around in your area wherever you're going to school that you could get a good experience that's very important and i know that like specifically in nashville there's a lot of programs so sometimes it can be hard to get an internship there's tons of therapy here too but also it's like there's a lot of people trying to get those internships so i just would take that into consideration Now, I want to move to the second part, the second question, because this is from somebody who actually is already in school to be a therapist. So I thought we would um, answer both of these together. So her question is, hey, Kat, I've recently realized that I have a deep passion for men's mental health. I'm going to school to be a therapist right now. First, I would love for you to do another episode on the subject like the one you did with Justin Baldoni. Second, do you think that it's possible for a female to specialize in men's mental health? And finally, besides man enough, do you have any resources for the subject? Okay, so first off, I would also like to do more of those episodes. I'm fascinated by that. That's something that like I'm getting into more now. I, I haven't been as interested in that um, the whole de- redefining or undefining masculinity until I it came upon that book. And I just think there's so much goodness in that whole movement and idea. So I would love to do more of that, 100%. Look out 2022. Second, to answer your question very simply, yes, this is possible, this is very possible. I actually started my internship, I was only working with men, not by choice. I went to a treatment center that had men and women, and I got placed in a men's house, and I actually thought it was going to kill me at first. I was terrified. Like I said, I cried a lot, but I became passionate about working with men. And I think there is something so special about a man being able to connect with a, a therapist who's a woman, especially if they've had certain experiences in their life. And I also think there's something to be said about men connecting with men. Women and men connecting with men, it's, it's all good. It's all great. And it all can add something based on somebody's experience. So it's absolutely possible for a woman to specialize in working with men and men's mental health and all that comes with that, which will also need to be co- combined with studies around women's mental health, as well as the differences. You're going to need an understanding of all of that. And I think now more than ever, this is a complicated kind of situation because we're gaining more ground and untangling gender roles and stereotypes. And Liz Plank, who is a co-host of the Man Enough podcast with Justin Baldoni, actually is a great resource for this. She isn't a therapist, but she's kind of a genius, I think. And she wrote the book For the Love of Men, From Toxic to a More Mindful Masculinity, which I have yet to read, but it's on my list. I'm getting there. But she is a very influential human when it comes to gender roles as it pertains to men specifically. She's done a lot of work and she's very educated in that realm. So I think looking at her and her work and where she might lead you is a good starting point. And just like she's the resource I'm giving you, she's a female. You don't have to be a man to understand and help a man. The same way I don't believe you have to have had an eating disorder to understand to help humans with eating disorders. You just have to be willing to learn. That's it. You have to be willing to be a student first. And yeah, it may help or give a different perspective if you have experienced that or if you are the same gender, but it's not a make it or break it. Just like you don't have to be in a relationship to be a marriage and family therapist. What you need is the ability to, one, respond instead of react when somebody says something like, How the heck are you going to help me if blah, 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 because people are going to do that. I've had that plenty of times, especially working with chemical addiction, which I don't struggle with, or I haven't had that experience. But I've had a lot of people say like, well, are you an addict? How can you help me if you don't know what it's like? And trust me, through your work and through your education and through through your own process, you'll learn how to respond in a way that fits with you. But that's what you need more than to be the same as them. You just need to have the ability to respond and know for yourself, like, what makes you valuable and what makes you able to be that resource and to be that helping human. So I hope that answers both those questions. I love talking about becoming a therapist and all of that. So I'm very open to more of that, whether there's a specific detailed question, um, maybe if there's just like a simple question I can answer quickly, I, I'm willing to do that because I just love when people want to be therapists. I think it's great. It's a great job. It's a hard job. It's a great job, but aren't they all? So thank you guys for being here. I will be back with you next Monday and then get ready because next Wednesday is our two-year birthday. So have the Wednesday you need to have and I will talk to you later.